Hello, 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 and welcome back to the More Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. This is episode 276 of the show. Today, we're talking babies. I'm just going to put that out there. We're talking babies um, because a lot of people are having babies, okay? A ton. I don't know about you, but I feel like everyone I know is having a baby, starting a family, probably because I'm in my mid-30s now, and that is what I was told was going to happen, and it's happening. And it's happening. And also, I know lots of listeners want to know the financial side of starting a family, having kids, having more kids. I mean, I actually know people who are having their second and third kids. Oh, gosh. It just makes me feel old and makes me feel like I want to have a panic attack, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Everything's just fine because I have Vivian Lung on the show. So she is a senior principal of taxation at CPA Canada and co-wrote a book that I feel like any expectant parent should pick up. It is called Babies, How to Afford Your Bundle of Joy. And I tell you, like, I really, really liked it. Not only is it another short and sweet read, just gets to the darn point to show you How expensive is it to actually have a family? And what are some numbers we can actually wrap our heads around? How do we budget? How do we kind of estimate, you know, diapers and daycare and all the other costs uh, that are involved? Because I feel like sometimes it's a bit of a mystery and can be very confusing and uh, stress inducing. So, uh, so much great stuff uh, in the book and we talk about in this episode. So you're going to learn a lot um, from this episode and I know you're going to love it. Um, Just a little bit about Vivian in case you want to know. So like I mentioned, she's a senior principal of taxation at CPA Canada, but prior she was the program director for tax education, where she she was responsible for developing and implementing the strategic direction of CPA Canada income tax education, creating or redesigning tax courses and programs and overseeing their delivery. And of course, she's a mother. So she has some personal uh, knowledge about, you know, being a parent and raising kids. And that's why she was really um, excited to be part of this book and why she wanted to share some of her expertise with you on the show. So I can't wait to have Vivian uh, here and share the interview with you. Before we get to that interview, here's just a few words I want to share about this podcast episode sponsor. This episode of the More Money Podcast is supported by Aviv. So I don't know about you, but I have definitely gained some pandemic pounds. Luckily, this is a podcast, so you can't tell, but I can. I honestly use the stressfulness of the past year as an excuse to work out less and indulge in my favorite not-so-healthy foods. But it's a new year, and I am recommitting to a healthier lifestyle. And you and I both know the best way to lose weight and get fit is to eat better and move more. And one way to introduce more superfoods, plant-based proteins, and whole fruits and veggies into my diet that I'm trying out is Aviv's blender-free smoothies. First introduced to our TV screens on an episode of Dragon's Den in 2019, Aviv was founded in Sherbrooke, Quebec by Dominique Dubay and Claudia Poulet. As busy university students, they were looking for a way to eat better that wouldn't require time-consuming prep or cooking. So they crafted their first generation of Aviv smoothies in their parents' garage, and they clearly caught on because their smoothies can now be found online and in over 2,000 grocery stores across Canada and the U.S. To try it out for yourself and to get a bit of a discount, visit jessicamorehouse.com slash Aviv. That's E-V-I-V-E. And use code jessicamorehouse10 to get $10 off your first order. Once again, visit jessicamorehouse.com slash Aviv and use code jessicamorehouse10 to get $10 off your first order. Welcome to the More Money Podcast, Vivian. I'm so excited to have you on the show. 
Thank you, Jessica. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So, so glad this book exists because I've had so many conversations over the past few years, especially as I get older and everyone seems to be having babies. Yeah. (laughs) A lot more conversations about babies and how to afford becoming a new parent or having that second child, third child down the road. And uh, I don't, you know, there's really not too many specific resources on that subject. I mean, there's lots of blogs, there's some spreadsheets. I got one from my my sister who had a her, her child a few years ago now. And it's, it's, it's really nice to have a like go-to resource that's nice and short, but actually really kind of answers all the key questions that people uh, have about, you know, starting a family. So very excited that this book exists now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, before we really dive in, because I think there's some really, really good stuff in here. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself, your role at CPA Canada, how, you know, what do you do and how did you get involved in this book? Great. Yeah. So um, I'm currently uh, at CPA Canada. I'm currently the uh, senior principal of taxation. And what a lot of what I do is kind of educating uh, our members and with, with respect to uh, tax, you know, tax policy, tax legislation. Uh, that's a big part of what we do here at CPA Canada. We also do a lot of advocacy and uh, acting in the public interest, making sure, you know, if there are issues with tax administration or tax legislation uh, that our members bring to our awareness, we work with the government to kind of raise those issues to them. So uh, lots of education, lots of edu- uh, advocacy is kind of uh, the key areas that uh, that we work in uh, at CPA Canada. How I got involved in this book. Um, so I am a CPA by background um, and I also have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when our financial literacy team um, kind of came up with this uh, this uh, concept for a book on, on how much it costs uh, to raise a child in Canada these days and what you need to do to prepare yourself, I was, you know, then they kind of approached me with the idea that that's Perfect. I mean, I went through uh, having kids a number of years ago. <laughs> My <laughs> oldest now is 15 years. And when I first, you know, when we started talking about this book, I'm like, I totally wish we had something like that, or I had something like this available because kind of like you mentioned, there's a lot of information out there. You know, you, you can find anything on Google these days and even more so now, um, back when, back then is information wasn't quite as readily available, but having it all in one stop, um, uh, I think there's, you know, there's a huge benefit to that because it is overwhelming. Uh, there's so many things to think about when you're about to have a baby or you're thinking about having a baby that, uh, uh, and finances are usually the last thing that people want to think about. <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, having it in one spot, I think, uh, made a lot of sense. And I think uh, I think it, it is a, a great resource. I, I think it's a great resource for, for parents uh, for parents to be. Definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mom, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, a sister just a few years older than me, and uh, her having her first child has definitely been an, ex- uh, you know, a learning lesson for me. I've learned a lot through her experience. And yeah, uh, yeah I think a lot of, uh, you know, new parents definitely focus more on, you know, you know, there's lots of books on how to parent how to raise a child, you know, or, or, yeah. or just pregnancy in general, but the financial aspect, which is such an important element, because I feel like, when you don't have a plan in place, that's when the anxiety and the stress, you know, because I think a lot of stress is surrounded by how are we going to afford this, especially exactly. if it's maybe an unplanned pregnancy and you're like, okay, we need to change our lives. How are we going to do this? Um, it's so important to have, you know, a place that, you know, or a book that really kind of goes through that. And I actually really appreciate that there's a lot of 
things that I remember talking to my sister about when she was kind of making her own, you know, kind of pregnancy budget. And then, you know, after she had uh, her baby kind of budget and on all these things, and there's some great specifics in here, like questions that I get asked all the time, like, I don't know, um, yeah. you know, like how much does this cost? You know, because right. I think it's really difficult especially depending on where you live in Canada or just, you know, a lot of the information we get is maybe from the U S and so it doesn't really relate to us in Canada because we have different pricings for things. Yeah. What do things cost? And, exactly. uh, and also specifically too, like when you think about in general, if I have one child, how much will it cost me in like a lifetime? If I have two, how much will it cost me in right. a lifetime? Some of the numbers that are the book were kind of scary. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's so true. <laughs> I was I'm like, Oh mention. my gosh, what? That's like a yeah. house. <laughs> well, what do they say? I mean, doing this is probably the best form of uh, uh, birth control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it could be, oh, it, could be uh, it, could, it, it is shocking, I think, uh, and when you start really putting pen to paper and thinking about uh, the financial aspects of it, uh, it, it does, it, it makes you pause and really it makes you realize it is, it's so important to to uh, to plan for uh, as much as you can. And there's never too early around it. There's too. never too early. No. Yeah. Do, do no. you find just because, you know, so you had your first child, uh, you know, 15 years ago yeah. and, and, you know, just this book uh, recently came out. Do you feel like the, the cost of, uh, you know, uh, raising a child, having, you know, or child care, all that, do you think it's, I mean, I, I feel like I know the answer, but has it increased significantly um, uh, over the years? Yeah, I think that's probably kind of our society in general that where, you know, there's uh, everything... <sighs> we're in such a materialistic state <laughs> society and there's always more. There's always, um, there's always so many levels of, uh, of, of quality or name brands and that, you know, it can really get out of hand. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, kudos to the marketers, <laughs> yeah. but they do make you, they do make you. And when it comes to your child, you obviously want to get the best that you can afford. Uh, and they make you, uh, you know, they, there is this, whole kind of the more you spend the better it might be so there there's a lot of that so i do think as the years go by it, it, it does seem like it's even uh, greater than when when i was going through it. and certainly it was it was pretty bad at that point too <laughs> yeah it just seems like especially in the the early stages you know having a newborn the amount of stuff you need is kind of cra- it's kind of crazy like i'm like i feel like my mom didn't have all this stuff when she uh, you know when we had my younger sister and so you know we're six i'm six years older than her so i remember yeah. her, uh you know raising my younger sister and yeah then my seeing my older sister with all this stuff but it seems all necessary she was very you know careful and how she spent her money and, and she had like a baby budget and all that stuff but it seems like there's so much stuff and like you said you want to do the best you can especially as a new parent you, you're really going into this blind you were like I, I need all this stuff because I want to make sure I'm a good parent um, yeah. but I guess also kind of the messaging of the book is you don't necessarily need everything or you don't need to buy everything new there's lots of ways and that's definitely something I've been having conversations with uh, people who've you know maybe had kids for a while, it's like you actually don't need to buy everything yourself. Yes, yes. <laughs> you exactly. take advantage of people exactly. wanting to give you stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny. I remember when uh, you know I was expecting my first. My mom said, "You, you know," she would come with me to pick up the things from my registry. To really, really, you know, honestly, when you first have the baby, you just need a crib <laughs> and diapers. Though, and there's so much. And of course, as an expecting parent first time around you're like no 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 well, things have changed mom since then you know we need this and that but after you have that first child and you know it's much your perspective changes after that and when you have your second and, and you have more than that you realize yeah you really you really don't need much and you know going using reusing things going secondhand uh, makes a whole lot of sense 
Uh, a lot of these things have very limited lives because babies grow quickly into toddlers who grow mm-hmm. quickly into. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, they grow really quick. Well, you're just my niece. It's it's just crazy. Just because yeah, the last time I was able to go to Vancouver where they live was a year ago now because of you know COVID, right. and so. You know, what's great is, you know, with, you know, the internet and everything, I can, you know, FaceTime, get pictures all the time. So I feel like I've been able to kind of see her grow, but it's absolutely crazy that she's, I'm like, she's a taller now. She yes. speaks, she walks and I'm like, what? She was a baby. And it's, it's funny because I remember thinking like, oh, I can't wait to buy her all these cute onesies. So she would have grown out of them within months. So exactly. it's, it's one of those things you don't realize. Oh quickly they grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, but I, I want to kind of dive into the topic of creating a baby budget. I think the idea may sound very intimidating. Again, there's lots of things on your mind when you're, you know, preparing for baby. But what are the first kind of steps? What are some things or where to start when you're creating your like specific budget for having a new newborn and, and uh, all that? Where do you start? I mean, you got some great stuff in here that says expenses that you may encounter, which I think is so important. And also not only that, which I really appreciate actual like potential price points. I think that's another thing people struggle with. It's like how much like $60 or $100. Like it makes a big difference yeah. what potential, you know, prices that we're looking at. So so it kind of walk me through when you're gearing up to make this baby budget, where should you start? Yeah, I think it's really kind of starting off by itemizing everything that you think that you'll need um, when when the baby arrives. And uh, as you mentioned in our book, we do have kind of a starter list. Uh, it's probably beyond a starter list, and probably lists every kind of possible thing that uh, that you you may need when when the baby arrives. I think it's I think the challenge is, you know, outside. Uh, you know, kind of I mentioned before, outside of you know the crib and diapers in the beginning and depending on how you might want to, you know, whether you're nursing or you're going to use baby formula, those are probably the necessities. <laughs> Outside of that, it's quite discretionary. Um, so I think it's going through kind of a list of, you know, here's everything. Talk to your friends who have already had kids or your family members. Um, get a sense of what you think you really need uh, when the baby comes. And then start doing some research. I think, you know, uh, we are in the age where information is out there. You can price shop quite easily online. Um, that, that, that I think it has a huge advantage because then you can get realistic sense of how much some of these items will really cost. I think after you lay out that, you know, initial budget, you know, then kind of challenge it and like, okay, some of these things, you know, a stroller, do I really need a brand new one? Um, um, is there a difference between this one that costs $2,000 versus this one that's $500? Really trying to understand what your, uh, where that money might be going, uh, I think is really important because I think that you'll see quickly the numbers add up very fast. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think it's stepping back and maybe not getting caught up in, you know, I need brand new, um, name brand of every single item. It's really kind of challenging. What, what is a true necessity? Where is my, you know, where is there a true value in, in spending that money and where, you know, there could be some give. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the other kind of element when crafting your budget is also, really understanding what is our income going to be like. And I think that's another kind of aspect that people may not focus on as much as they should. And you you really do discuss it well in the book about um, maternity leave and parental leave, how that works in yeah. Canada and uh, the different kind of ways that you can kind of, you know, tweak it. You know, for instance, like my sister and her husband, um, you know, she took some time off and then, you uh, 
she went back to work and he took some parental leave and, you know, they kind of created this system that worked for them. So she, she realized, yeah, I don't know if I want to be off the whole year. So let's kind of do back and forth and that worked for them. And I think a lot of people don't realize there's lots of kind of flexibility there, but uh, you really bring it up well in the book in that it's important to understand, you know, if you are you know, not self-employed, if you work for an employer, um, if you're going to get a top up and, and how that all works. I think a lot of people, you know, you kind of share a story about how a person, I was about to go on mat leave and just ask, so how does this all work? And then yeah. she was surprised to find, oh, you're not going to get as much of a top up. Exactly. If, if you even get one at all, I think, yeah. I think there might be a misconception that, you know, oh, in Canada, you get a year or a year and a half now, uh, potentially, uh, off and people may think that that means you're going to be fully paid, <laughs> but that's far from the truth. You know, I, I think a, the, uh, the parental leave, uh, the, what the government provides is very generous, but it's definitely not, uh, depending on where you're at, uh, it's 55% of, um, of, uh, what your income is. On top of that, you know, your employer, you know, some may assume that your employer is going to cover the balance of it. Uh, but in many situations, the employer does not need to provide any top up. Um, they, they can, they need to provide you with time off, but they don't need to necessarily, uh, pay you anything during that time when, when you're away. So I think, that's a, a huge thing that you need to factor into the whole budgeting process and, and, and also how you determine how long you take, who should take yeah. it, you know, between you and your partner. Um, there's lots to think about. Yeah, because you're still your bills are going to stay the same, but your income will decrease if there's no top up, and so it's it's really figuring out how are we going to make this work. So so maybe a good idea. I mean, obviously it's important to understand you know what your employer will or will not you know provide when you're on yes. leave um, in advance, uh, but also I guess preparing financially is maybe saving up some money so you have that kind of extra cushion in case you need it. Yes, definitely. And your bills are probably will actually go up. Maybe not say not probably not stay the same after yeah, the, that's right. the baby comes. Yeah. 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 And I guess the other element too is let's say you're like, okay, well, we can't, you know, maybe take as long off as we'd like, but then where are we going to put the baby? <laughs> we need to put it somewhere. So we need to, we need to put it either in, in daycare or, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have parents or grandparents, you can take care of your child. That's awesome. But yeah. I know that's not possible for lots of people who may not live near family. And so, I mean, I know when I, I talk to people about, you know, starting a family, that is like the biggest, I think, financial concern is how on earth are we going to afford daycare? It's just, it is so expensive. It Absolutely is. crazy. I, so w- what do people do? <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, you know, it's a little bit dated, but, uh, tw- you know, when we were uh, kind of writing the book, $1,200 is kind of the national, $1,200 a month is kind of the national average uh, for daycare, which is crazy that's like it's a universe it's it's like a mortgage payment you know (laughs) exactly exactly and so you know a lot of people think about oh gotta save for a post-secondary but actually before you even get to that (laughs) Mm, yeah (laughs) Uh, let's let's figure out how this uh how daycare how much that will cost and how that will work and you know when you factor in we again you talk about budgeting you factor in you know um what your if you do go back to work what your income will be but then you you compare that against what the daycare costs for some people you might think it's just not worth it the the added stress the you know the less quality time you'll be able to spend with your child all those things it might not at the end of the day be worth it when you factor all those costs in i know and that's a hard decision as a woman to also you know reconcile with like if i go back to work it'll actually be losing money or it'll be about the same so maybe i should just stay home but then there's also of course like you know talking to so much so many women and we just recently experienced international women's day it's like this takes a lot of women out of the workforce which i I know. know also you kind of discuss a little bit in the book just that just uh the 
or or, or, you gap. or maybe I was thinking yes. about it, but yes. you know, just yes. like how we do the talk effect, a little bit about it. Yeah. 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 The effect on, on your career as a woman. And, and, uh, I know, I know there's a specific term for it. I don't know. I can't remember it, but I feel like I read it last night. And I'm like, the family oh, gap. That's it. The family yes. gap. I've never yes. heard that before, but that makes so much sense. Do you want to kind of explain what that is? Yeah. Well, basically I think there are just some studies basically that showed that women who, um, uh, who end up taking t- some time off to care for their, you know, after having their baby and caring for their child for the year, there was a gap. There was, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the stat now too, but it was, a, uh, I think it was about a 40% uh, difference in terms of uh, the, the salary gap when a woman takes time off. And it took, I think the study found that it took seven years for that woman who took time off compared to the woman who didn't take time off to catch up. Uh, and, and that's huge. Um, and yeah, so it's a big decision. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a huge like penalty and, and, and kind of like a, a, a negative consequence of starting a family, which is a beautiful thing, which is not fair because men do not have the same co- consequence. Right. Um, right. And yeah, it's a, it's a huge, I think, maybe deterrent or, or something that a lot of women I know think about, you know, if I want to start a family, which is a very natural thing to want to do. Right. This, you know, is going to have a really big impact on my career, a career that I've worked so hard for that I went to, you know, university for to, exactly. to do this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, is unfair. It is. You know, what was interesting though to see, like that study just looked at women and, you know, I think now, now thankfully we're seeing more and more men uh, take some parental leave. I, I wonder what that study, you know, if they were to look at, you know, any parent who took time off, whether that gap would be as big for a male who took that time off versus, you know, the female where we sell is 40%. So I think that would be interesting. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely, you know, it's uh, uh, having a child is a, a big loaded question. There's so many things that you need to consider. I know. I know. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to kind of reconcile with, but it is, hopefully this won't be something that we have to talk about in the next couple of decades, but I know it's going to take a while for, for, I mean, you know, um, gender equity and yeah. for, for this to get rid of this idea that, and I know this is just like an unconscious kind of bias thing that you just assume a woman who has kids, oh, maybe we shouldn't give her that project or maybe she won't want to work late on right. this extra thing because she has a family. It's like, maybe yeah. don't assume, maybe ask her. You have no yeah. idea what her yeah. situation is and it's, it's, it, the assumption that women with uh you know kids at home are less ambitious or or, right. or what have you it's it's yeah. we need to get rid of I that know. we do need to move <laughs> forward exactly <laughs> um so i know there's also a section on resps that's one of the things that um Man, it's like I, I'm so excited that my my sister started an RESP. You know, on you know uh, my niece's birthday, I send a little check to be like, put this in our RESP because we weren't yeah. you know fortunate enough to have RESPs. Our parents got married young and were broke, so yes. that yes. wasn't something we got. So that's yeah. something that we definitely wanted to add uh, when we all had kids, and it's such a a great beautiful thing. But there's also a lot of things to know about setting it up, how it all works. I think. Uh, I mean, I've been having a lot of conversations lately with. Uh, parents who don't actually know the different types of RESPs. I think lots of people don't realize there's different types. There's, right. you know, the group RESP through like a trust company. Then there's the kind of individual or the family plans. Those are called the self-directed RESPs. They're very different. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people go into maybe one and don't really realize what they got themselves into. Right. Um, and that, that, so what are other some, options? Yeah. Yeah. What are some key things people should know about setting up an RESP? I think first off, I mean, if RESPs, I think it is such an amazing vehicle that the government uh, has provided to Canadians and really is an incentive for parents to start saving for post-secondary education. 
again, I think this is a little bit uh, dated in terms of the survey, but uh, uh, I think that they projected the cost of uh, post-secondary education, you know, about if you're having a kid now, you, you know, in 2035, when this child goes to university or college, it, it's projected to be $80,000 for just tuition. And so that's a huge number. Wow. And that's, you know, if, that's if your child decides to go to, you know, somewhere out of town and needs to stay in residence, I think that number went up to 150000 So Whew. it is is probably the biggest thing you'll ever have to save for <laughs> yeah. as a parent. So uh, the government providing incentive to Canadians to do so, uh, I think is, is a great thing. How the RSP works is it's um, uh, basically it's after tax dollars that you would invest into it. And uh, any growth within the RESP um, would be, would be taxed when you withdraw that money. Uh, so again, it's a, uh, a little bit similar to TFSAs, if if um, your listeners are familiar with that. Uh, but the, the monies, the funds do need to be used uh, on kind of education, post-secondary education. Now, you mentioned there are different types. So first off, there's, uh, I think you already mentioned the three main types of individual RESP, the family RESP and the group RESP. The individual and family are somewhat similar. Um, uh, individual is pretty straightforward and anyone can open it uh, and contribute to it. So, you know, you as a parent can open it, a grandparent, some very generous stranger, mm-hmm. <laughs> they can open it. And, uh, and again, um, uh, so that, that's fairly straightforward. Family RESP, uh, you can have more than one beneficiary. Sorry, the beneficiary would, would be the child uh, or children. Uh, so the individual, you would have one beneficiary. But in a family one, you could have more than one beneficiary. And uh, that those beneficiaries do need to be related to the contributor, uh, uh, but uh, you can open up a, a family RSP for, you know, all your children. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so that, that's the family plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, the group RESP is, is different because I think a lot of people don't realize. So if you were to do the self-directed option, individual or family, you, you know, you can go to the bank and open it up. You can open up a self-directed brokerage. You can use yeah. a robo-advisor. There's lots of different things that you can do, you know, self-directed. So there's yeah. lots of options. The group RESP is set up very differently. Right. That's right. And the group RS, uh, RSP, is, it's, I guess it's kind of like maybe a mutual fund. Would that be the yeah, best like, comparison? It's like a pool yes. fund is what it's called. Exactly. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot less flexibility uh, in, with a group RESP. Yeah. So I'd recommend if anyone's listening and thinking about setting up an RESP, make sure to do your research on the different types. So you really understand what you're getting yourself into. Cause I just had so many conversations of people who've signed up for, for group RESPs and they didn't fully understand what they got themselves into and they're very hard to get out of. So definitely right. take your time before jumping in and, and then starting to invest your money for that. Um, so, so, you know, we've talked about, you know, starting a family, having your first baby, but obviously, you know, also as I get older, I bet you know, I have so many friends are like they're on to number two or number three which is yeah. makes me feel old <laughs> like you have you're on to number three already what how is that happening yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. um how does that affect things obviously like lots of people you know tell me it's like it's not uh as bad because sometimes you'll already have some of the stuff from the first baby so it's not like starting from scratch but obviously it's more expensive because there's not just one child there's two right how does that kind of change your your plans or how should that change maybe your budget yeah, I think again, you know, most people don't plan on having kids. Most people don't, you know, figure out the finances before deciding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the decision break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, once you are, you know, you realize you're expecting that second or third child, I think again, it's going through a very similar process. I think, 
you know, outlining what other incremental costs now that you're going to be having number two or number three, uh, will there be certainly, as you mentioned, a lot of the kind of initial things that you get, uh, hopefully you don't have to make those investments again, you know, baby, whether it's baby furniture or other baby equipment. Uh, but, uh, uh, but there's certain things where it's uh, the true, the true increment, you know, if it's childcare. Uh, yes, you know, double, it, right? That will double, you know, some <laughs> daycare facilities might provide a discount for the second and third child, but it's not those discounts speaking from personal experience yeah. <laughs> aren't really going to, they're helpful, but obviously it's, it's, it's still pretty close to double. You're doubling the cost or tripling the cost, whatever child you're on. Similarly, you know, post-secondary education, uh, that's will be kind of an, that will be du- at least double. Um, so those big numbers, I think kind of, um, thinking about what that will mean, how much you can put aside uh, when we're talking about post-secondary education. Okay. You know, most people have a hard time if it's just one child, between retirement savings and you know the savings for your child's education now explain that three ways or four ways uh it's really having a good sense of that uh, good handle on how that will impact your your kind of uh yeah your your annual budget yeah and i guess you know other things to kind of consider that you you talk about in the book besides you know daycare and education expenses is you may need a new vehicle you know maybe your vehicle is yeah. just not big enough for the the four of you or you may need more space i know lots of people when you just have one that's easy to do in maybe a two-bedroom condo. Yes. Maybe that's very difficult, especially as the kids grow older, to have two kids sharing one room in a condo as they get 100%. older. I mean, to be fair, I grew up in a very small rancher house with my, my um, yeah, I have two sisters. And so yeah. I always shared a room up until, well, gosh, I don't know, 11 or it, was, it felt like yeah. forever. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was in yeah. the middle. So I always had to share with my older <laughs> or then my younger <laughs> Yeah. So it's possible. We had, you know, a three bedroom little house, but, but it is those things to consider like, okay, we've outgrown this space. So we need to, uh, to move. And that's, I mean, depending on where you live, I live in Toronto. It's like, that could be an expensive oh. thing to think about. A hundred percent. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Or that's when you make the decision. Okay. We need to leave the city. Finally, we just, we've been priced out of the city. Right. That's a big yeah. decision too. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids, but reading this book does kind of make me a little like anxious about, okay, so if I were to have kids, I mean, at least I know where to start and I have, uh, you know, lots of great uh, info here. And there's, you know, I really, again, appreciate that you include not just like checklists of kind of these are things you need, but also the price points. I think that's really helpful for people uh, to wrap their head around because when you're not a parent and you've never got, done this before, you have no idea how much things cost. It's actually kind of crazy how much some things cost. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what we tried to do is kind of like a, almost a roadmap in the different phases of, you know, from planning to have a baby to being pregnant to what happens when or if you'd go back to work and, and, you know, how you should start, you know, saving for their, their potential post-secondary education. So we did try and lay out in those kind of uh, stages. And I, I agree. I think, uh, there's a lot of sticker shock with it all <laughs> for a lot of people. Well, even just like, you know, around Christmas time, I was looking for, you know, some things to get my niece and I'm just like, I'm just going to get her a few things. I want to spoil, you know, she's a baby. She didn't care. Yeah. She's, not, yeah. she's like one. She didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just like even looking for like, you know, clothes and like little shoes. I'm like, there's some really like cute little sneakers. And I'm like, those are like $60. Oh, like yeah. what? What is going on? So it can, it can add up yeah. fast, but you can definitely get into the whole, oh, but she's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, fast forward, 
when your niece is, you know, maybe closer to my kid's age, like kind of the preteen teen and, you know, when they are just kind of bombarded on uh, social media with all the things they can get. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I, I joked with uh, another friend of mine whose kids similar age, you know, you look at their wish list, kids wish list, you know, back in the day, it was like, I'd like a Barbie or a Transformer. You know, uh, now it's on all kids lists, you know, and they, they, it starts at a very young age, you know, top of the list. I'd like an iPad and, uh, and, and then an iPhone is number two. And then <laughs> there's something under, you know, I'm like, no, you're not getting an iPad. You're six years old. <laughs> right. You're like, goodness, that's I don't even have see. an iPad. That's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think, yeah. you know, along with all that, you know, we don't get too much into this in the book, but uh, the one thing I, I found as a parent uh, now with kids in this cashless society is really teaching them the importance of money and the value of money. And, you know, um, there's lots of, um, I find it a little more challenging to teach them because they, they don't see cash. You know, when I grew up, cash was king. You know, my parents were very much, if you don't have the cash, you don't buy it. You don't buy it. Whereas now they just see packages, especially during COVID magic, COVID during magically appearing on our doorstep. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's ensuring that they kind of understand what budgeting means and what, uh, you know, income earned versus expenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I think it is a lot harder because when I learned about cash, you know, I, I remember first my mom, I, she had this bag of buttons and that was to kind of represent coins and stuff. And then I'd see her physically use cash at like the grocery store and stuff. Yeah. And then also, you know, sometimes I would get, you know, some, some, you know, little money or whatever to go to the corner store and get, right. candy. you know, so it was, we had, I had that as a reference point. Now, all you see is like a tapping of the card or not yeah. even that you're online and there's kind of no concept. I'm curious, what, what do you do to, to kind of help educate your kids so they have a better understanding of finances, especially as they get older and like get into college and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I have a really recent example where my son uh, decided, uh, well, his best friend uh, got a hoverboard. So oh of course gosh. he wanted one as well. I'm like, okay, yeah. well and, and he said to me, well, you know, mom, I know, you know, between some of the birthday money and Christmas money I, in, uh, that I've saved up in the bank, I, I think I have enough. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to, so I kind of took that as a bit of a, well, Brandon, you might have enough. That's, that's fine. But, um, I don't want you buying the first thing that you see. You know, I, I, I want you to do some research. And so I said to him, I'm not saying no, but I'd like you to do a little business case. <laughs> I want you to do your research. I want you to pick out what you think, you know, compare the different models that are out there. Tell me the price points. Tell me what it is, you know, what, what, what each one, what the features are of each one and why the one that you select is, is, you know, kind of worth your while. And I think it was a really great exercise in that, you know, he came back to me with an Excel spreadsheet. Actually, I was quite <gasps> surprised. Oh, I love that. We tracked everything. Here's the cost. You know, here's all the bells and whistles for each one. And here's my final decision. And I think just taking those kind of everyday moments to try to make them teachable moments. I, I think we do need to be a little more creative um, as parents to, 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 uh, to get them to kind of really understand what the, uh, uh, how they, how they should be spending the money and uh, where, where value might come from. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, I guess the one of the good things about being in this digital age is actually easier now to teach them how to do price comparisons and to shop around for the best price and how to find some coupon codes and deals. Cause that is something that you're going to take, on and and continue to use and, and those skills when you're an adult. So that's actually great that you're like, well, let's not buy the first thing you see. Let's do some research and see 
what's the best, you know, product? Cause you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I do think our kids growing up in this age are very instant gratification, right? And it's, it is so easy. You click, you know, they have those one click purchases on Amazon. <laughs> uh, so I think making them pause and kind of reflect is, is really important. Yeah. Um, Just yeah, teaching them yeah. if you shop around, you know, you can actually get more for your money, maybe get a yeah. hoverboard and something else if you do exactly. your, you know, research, which yeah. guaranteed you're, your peers are not really doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I think the other great thing maybe I'll just mention is, you know, mm-hmm. the other thing we did for our son was, uh, you know, he's a TV bank account. And for the longest time, we never really gave him access to it. <laughs> and then finally, we're like, well, let's put the app on his phone so mm-hmm. he can actually see. See it. You know, yeah. See it's like your balance. wallet, right? Exactly. It's like a wallet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you'd see, you know, back in the day, I don't, this might be before your time, but we used to have the little bank books where you get, you know. Oh, no, I had a bank book. Yeah. I had a bank book and then RBC account with you know. the little book. Yep. I remember that. Exactly. And you would like see the, you know, the, the sense of interest added on, but it was motivating as a child to say, Oh, I got 25 cents this month mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. for saving my money. And I think that so similarly, you know, for the longest time, we didn't uh, have to give that to access to my son, not, not for any reason that we just didn't think of it. And then when we finally did, we could see that, you know, kind of motivating his behavior. It, it, it has kind of, um, uh, motivated faith. It's not just this big black hole where his money goes into. Yeah, know? it's important yeah. to see it. Even just adults, I'm like, it's actually so important for you to to not just go into your bank accounts once a month and be like, oh, what do I owe on my credit cards? But to, to have maybe check them once, uh, you know, a week or something or have a spreadsheet like I always recommend budget, net worth, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Seeing those numbers is actually motivating because you'll hopefully, especially with like the net worth aspect. And that's basically the same. I mean, when you're a kid, and you just have one bank account. This is kind yeah. of the same thing. You're seeing those numbers go up every month. That's exciting. And I think that's kind of part of the reason I was so good. You know, I've been pretty good with my money always. And that's, that's because, well, A, you know, my parents showed, you know, good examples. They did talk about, you know, buying things on sale and, and affordability and stuff like that. So I was yeah. always very conscious of that. Um, so so that was helpful. But also, I think, yeah, being able to kind of see that book or, or have a sense of how much do I have? Like, I used to always have like a mental tally or sometimes just would refer to my book. But yeah, for me, I never got an allowance, but I definitely got like Christmas money and birthday money. And it was very, that was kind of like, my little budget. I'm like, okay, this is how much I have. If I decide to make a purchase, then that means there's less that I have in the bank. And you know, it, sometimes yeah. it gives you that point of pride to know you're like, Ooh, I've got like a thousand dollars in the bank that I've saved up over yeah. years. That makes you find, yeah. feel pretty good. So that's right. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So lots of exciting things that I can eventually teach my baby niece when she <laughs> learns exactly. how to talk. Well, she's a lucky niece then. <laughs> I mean, is she, she may be like, Oh, duh. <laughs> but Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll help her out when she's uh, ready to learn how to yeah. budget. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and share this. I honestly really, I mean, I pretty much love all the books that CPA uh, Canada comes out with because they're they're short, they're sweet, they're to the point, and they give you some really good information. And this is something easy that you can either get for yourself or get like kind of a great gift. I don't think it's like an offensive gift to be like, here's a book on, right. ha- you know, you're bad with money. It's like, no, this is just like, you know, some food for thought as you're just starting out. Because I guarantee you, you know, if you're a new mother and, and or, or, or you have friends that are, you know, starting families, what a great, interesting gift because no one's probably thinking about, oh, they probably have some questions about budgeting and all these kinds yeah. of things. People are probably just giving them baby clothes and stuff like that. So That's this fine. is a, a different kind of way to say, hey, I'm here for you. And this may be helpful for your future. Great. Yeah, we hope so. So yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So before I let you go, where can people find more information about this book, more resources that you may want to share? 
Uh, I think definitely come to our website, cpacanada.ca, and you'll have, there's links on, in, uh, on that website that will uh, uh, provide kind of uh, where you can get this book and also kind of some other resources uh, related to uh, uh, family as well as beyond that. Uh, so definitely encourage you to, uh, to come to our website, cpacanada.ca. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Jessica. And that was episode 276 with Vivian Lung from CPA Canada. Again, the book that we talk about that I highly recommend you grab if you are thinking of starting a family or thinking of adding to your family, or if you know someone who is having a baby, get the book, Babies, How to Award Your Bundle of Joy. Um, Honestly, I read it and I felt less scared about having family. Will I have one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if I want a pet. You know what I mean? Like, whew, that sounds like a big commitment. So a kid, you just cannot return those once you have them. So still on the fence, still figuring that out. Not that you asked, but and not that I need to share because it's my decision, but just uh, just putting that out there. Um, so uh, I will include uh, some links and some important resources that we talked about in this episode in this show notes for this episode. Go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 276 for that. You can find the book um, on Amazon. You can find it maybe at your local bookstore. Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere books are sold. You can also find it on CPA Canada. But again, I'll just include a quick link in the show notes for this episode so you can find it easy peasy lemon squeezy. So uh, before I kind of share a few more details, and also I am giving away this book, I'll share some details on how you can win a copy. Uh, Just uh, stick with me for a few seconds. Just want to share a few words about our episode sponsor. This episode of the More Money podcast is supported by Aviv. Are you looking for a way to eat better without sacrificing a bunch of time to meal prep and cleaning your blender? Like me, because I absolutely hate cleaning my blender. Then you may want to try out Aviv's smoothies. These smoothies are superfood-packed, certified organic, vegan, and all tested and approved by nutritionists. Not only that, they take just 30 seconds to make and are budget-conscious priced between $5 to $6 US per portion. Not only that, there are 14 flavors currently available, each boasting ingredients targeted for brain support, glowing skin, detoxification, and boosting energy, among other coveted benefits. If you're like me and are looking for a way to eat better this year, I'm not joking when I tell you I've gained a good 10 pounds since last March, which I'm currently working to shed, then try out Aviv smoothies, which are currently available in Canada and the USA. And to get a bit of a discount, visit jessicamorehouse.com Aviv, and that's E-V-I-V-E and use code JessicaMorehouse10 to get $10 off your first order. Once again, visit jessicamorehouse.com slash Aviv and use code JessicaMorehouse10 to get $10 off your first order. Okay, like I mentioned, I'm giving away this book. I'm giving away so many other books. Let's actually remind you and myself, going to type this in, jessicamorehouse.com slash contest. What books am I giving away? Just to remind you, basically any book that has been featured on the show, I'm giving away. So I'm giving away Talk Money to Me, COVID edition by Kelly Keene, The Money Plot by Frederick Kaufman, Broke Millennial Talks Money by Aaron Lowry, Back to Business. Oh my gosh, it's too little to read. I have to back it up. Back to Business by Nancy Jensen and Sarah Duenwald. Oh gosh, I am wearing glasses and it was too tiny for me to read this little picture. And uh, Retirement Income for Life by Frederick Vatisi. 
And now, of course, babies, how to afford your bundle of joy. That is another book I'm giving away. Go to jessicamorehouse.com slash contest to enter to win all of them. You're only going to win one, just telling you right now. But you can enter to win any or all of them or your favorite ones, whatever you want. And uh, hopefully you'll be a lucky winner because I love giving away books. It makes me so happy because I know I'm giving you more than just, you know, a typical prize from a contest. I'm giving you the best prize in the world, knowledge. Oh, that's so cheesy. (laughs) But hey, that's me. I'm super cheeseball. Okay, other things to let you know about. Gosh, what else is going on? I'm sure some other I'm sure some things are going on. I just can't think of them right now. Um, So yeah, I'll just kind of remind you of a few important details. So uh, in case you don't know, um, I have a bunch of freebies that you can download for free, hence the word freebie. If you go to jessicamorehouse.com slash resources, you can check them out. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com, go to my website, check out all the stuff I've got on there, including my free resource library where I've got budget spreadsheets, I've got printables, I've got so many great things right there. And I'm working on a few extra secret things and... um, We'll see how they go. Uh, I also, of course, have my investing course, Wealth Building Blueprint for Canadians. If you want to learn how to invest in a passive way and you're Canadian and you want to understand what the hell an ETF is or what the difference between an actively managed and an index mutual fund is, because yes, there's two different types of mutual funds, even though everyone just calls them mutual funds. It's very frustrating. If you want to understand what the hell Norbert's Gambit is and see a video tutorial showing you how to do it, if you want to see me actually show you how to build your own ETF portfolio using a discount brokerage, how to rebalance it yourself using my spreadsheet, how to get started building your wealth. I've got a course for you. Go to jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. You can find more information about the course there and apply because yes, not everyone gets in. You have to apply. You have to go through me to make sure it's a good fit for you. And this is something that you actually want to dedicate some time to and get to it because the whole point of the course is to get you started investing, or if you're currently investing, show you a specific way of doing it, which is passive investing and getting you going and started so you can build your wealth for the long term. Ah, Anyways, I'm in love with this course, obviously, because it's so exciting seeing the transformations of all my students. And it's only been open for a few, well, I guess mm, a few weeks, maybe maybe two months now. Gosh, time actually flies by, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, so check that out, jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at jessica, no, wait, how do you do an email? Jessica at jessicamorehouse.com. Hello. Um, But I guess since I mentioned the at, I was thinking about my social handles. If you're not already, follow me on the gram uh, at Jessica I Morehouse. I'm also on Twitter, Jessica. No, wait, it's at J-E-S-S-I underscore Morehouse. And of course, you can follow the podcast specifically at More Money Pod on Twitter and at More Money Podcast on Instagram. And of course, I am on YouTube and LinkedIn and everywhere. You know what? Don't add me on LinkedIn, honestly. I have like hundreds of people that want to connect with me and I'm like, I don't know you. And also like, just follow me on Facebook if you want to see what I'm kind of sharing on my LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Follow me on on Instagram. It's way more interesting, I would have to say, or Twitter. Um, So yeah, anyways, that's all I've got to say for for the time being. So thanks for listening. Um, Next week, I'm going to reveal whether I passed that financial planning one exam or not. So hopefully I did. Me, like current, like present Jessica is hoping that future Jessica does pass this exam. So yeah, that's it for me. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode. As always, have a good rest of your week.
This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.